Riverside. One, two, three, four. Dude, I'm telling you, Brant, I've got a I've got a little swagger in my step tonight, man. Got yeah, a why little, is that, Dave? Dude, you smell that? <laughs> that is the smell of some real week one college football. Dude, we have made it. We've made it. Football is back, baby. We are here. That's it, man. We have uh, waited patiently for months. This offseason has dragged on and on and on. And finally, here we are. So we're going to punt the ball on, on the NFL this week and talk Michigan, talk Michigan State, talk the big battle right now brewing at the University of Michigan. The Cade and J.J. conversation heated up this past weekend. Uh, but I want to really... I want to di- I want to dig right in. Um, I, I, let's hit that conversation at the end, Brant. I want to I want to get right into Michigan and Michigan State. Um, let's start with Michigan State. So, and I don't, we don't need to go game by game. Um, remind me, what was their over under set at this year? Is it seven and a half? It is seven and a half. Okay. So, where do you have them at right now? How many games are they are they losing this year? And do you have those ones? Like, do you know what those will be, or do you just want to shoot out a record? I don't care either way. I, I'm feeling like they're going to go um, eight and four, Dave. Like, oh, my gut come on, just... man. That's mine. <laughs> That's mine. My, my gut is just telling me eight and four. I, I can see, Dave, I really can see a path to nine, nine wins. Um, I do not see a path to ten wins. However, I do have them pushing Ohio State to their limits. Uh, oddly enough, um, I think this team is gonna gonna just be up for that game for whatever reason. You know, well, getting pounded fifty six to seven or whatever the final was last year, Dave. That'll already have some motivation to it. But then you get them at your crib, and I think that makes a big difference. Um, so I got them on the over. I'll take eight and four for Michigan State. Uh, and after getting some feedback from Michigan State fans. I think a few of them look at that as kind of a step back. Do you think eight and four, Dave, is kind of a step back for the program, or do you think it's right in line where they need to be? I think anytime you win ten games, talking about going under that is going to feel like a step back. So I understand that perspective alone. It's like to go out and and win how you won last year in the season that you had. To, to look at this schedule and say, I see us going eight and four. If I'm a Michigan State fan, I totally, I, I get that. That is, that's a, that seems like a, a step back. Now, I'm not a Michigan State fan, so I can look at this pretty down the middle and say, I'm right there with you, Brant. I see them as an eight and four team. I see them possibly as a nine and three team. I don't see them winning ten games this year. Um, I, I'm, I'm with you when you say that you see them pushing Ohio State, I think they could give them a game, especially because it's in East Lansing. Um, the, the part, October is going to be tough for Michigan State. That That's where I think the, the beef of this schedule is. Do you have their They've schedule? Got, I do. Yeah, I'm looking okay. at it right now. So, Brant, here are their – now they have a, a week eight bye built in here, but here are uh, four four games they have in October. 
at Maryland, home against Ohio State, home against home against Wisconsin. They wrap up October away in Ann Arbor at Michigan. So Maryland, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Michigan. There, there is a scenario where they lose three out of those four games. Um, that's just that is a, a very realistic thing that could happen. Now, there is also a scenario where they only lose two of those games. I don't see them winning three or more of those games. I don't know how you feel, Brand. Just looking at kind of that middle of the schedule that I've circled, Maryland, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Michigan, and you've kind of been a starch believer in Maryland, almost to the point where you're talking me into it, man. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, you have talked me into being scared for Michigan at, like, the end of September. But, no, I really do, and especially because they've got to go away at Maryland. You know, you've got Talia at quarterback there. We know Michigan State's defense is questionable. They are kind of, I've gone back and forth on this team, and they just, it's a wait and see. I'm not hating on them at all. They could be a good team this year. This Broussard kid, running back transfer, I think out of Colorado, and they got another transfer from Wisconsin too. Um, Their running game could still be really good. Now, not Kenneth Walker good, most likely, but also, dude, we didn't know who Kenneth Walker was last year. We knew he was a transfer from Wake Forest, so who knows, man? You can't ever count them out. They are a big question mark team, and they should make every team in the Big Ten nervous. Yeah, and I think, Dave, when you think about a measuring stick for a team like Maryland, sure, you can you can always think that you're going to be in a game with Ohio State or Michigan, but I guarantee inside that locker room, mentally, they're thinking, that's a measuring stick game to put Maryland football where Michigan State football is. Why can't we be the 10-win team this year? You know, you might lose to the likes of a Michigan-Ohio State, but... Why, why wouldn't they think Michigan State is gettable? Why can't they just won two year or two games the year before that? Um, so why can't it be us? And so I think when you put that into that perspective, maybe they get up a little bit more at home for that game and maybe their season still has a little more meaning as it's it's in the middle of the season and they're still fighting and scraping and clawing for every win they can get. I think it's a tough place for Sparty to go to. Did you say that's after Ohio State? That is before Ohio State. So that's that the is, week before. Yep. So even kind of a little bit of a letdown spot, right? Um, so so I could see that being a problem. Plus your crossover. Well, Brandon, and even – sorry, just to cut you off for just a second. Dude, there are two games before Maryland at Washington, home against Minnesota. I mean, right. these, are, these are not walk-in-the-park games either. Yeah, and I, I was just getting to the crossover effect of, of Minnesota and how hungry that team's going to be. And you're talking about a motivated coach there in P.J. Fleck, and it's just – it's a little bit of a daunting schedule. And I think 8-4 and four coming out of it, if I'm a fan of that team, I'm, I'm maybe not pleased, I guess. But overall, I would be okay with where the program would be headed, I guess, is my answer in that, in that aspect, Dave. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, yeah, I think Michigan State, they're a big – question mark team but gosh it seems like any any year they seem to have a question mark seems to be those years that they're a pretty good team um so we'll see go ahead yeah one one more thing on them uh i think watch that washington game close and you'll kind of see i don't care that washington may have had a down year last year i mean that's a perennial program that is getting recruits um it's a tough place to go travel up to seattle uh it'll be a a big travel game for them. So I think that that takeaway as a Michigan State fan is just kind of where are we at measuring stick-wise. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, what about the other team in Michigan, man? The team in Ann Arbor. What What do you see? And we've talked at length about Michigan, obviously. They're over or under is at nine and a half games. That was at least the last that I had heard. Um, I know you and I both went on the record and took the over on that. I'm assuming that hasn't wavered for you. Is that correct? No. Actually, when you mentioned the team in Michigan, I thought you were going to go CMU real quick on me. Fire up chips, man. They got a big, they got a big game this weekend against Oklahoma State. And I'm telling you right now, they have a solid quarterback and they have uh-huh. a very good running back. So Lou Nichols, right? Yeah. 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 So yeah, fire up chips and keep your eye on, on them. And they have dude, they've played Oklahoma State actually mm-hmm. I feel like several times in the last like five years, <laughs> and they've gotten them a couple of times. So that that's a sneaky yeah. pick. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, all right, so let's get to Michigan. Um, I'm talking it's got to be 11 wins for me, Dave. It, it, to me, it's, it's just it's got to be. Uh, when you have this kind of offensive firepower, everyone is raving about how fast. I mean, you have defenders that were on last year's team talking about how much faster they are this year. That maybe you don't have Hutch and Ajabo, but you have the team speed defense. Um, and, you know, Jim talked about the, the no-name defense and stuff like that. But as you look up and down the schedule, there isn't too many, I don't know, t- tough tests, I guess, to where I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm saying we won't be favored in that game. I think you're going to be favored in all of the games outside of the Ohio State game. So go out and get it done. But – you know, Iowa is obviously going to be a scary game, but I just think – and, Dave, let me ask you this. Do you think if you don't win 11 games in the regular season, it's a, it's a letdown? Not a failure, but a letdown. I'll personally be let down. I think 10 is a magic number. I think 10 is – and I think Michigan fans have maybe gotten used to that number, that 10-win season. That doesn't do it for them anymore. Um, yeah, to, to be honest with you, man – after you get to where Michigan got last year, you finally beat Ohio State, you won a Big Ten championship, you were physically appeared in the college football playoff. Yeah, man. I mean, talking about 10 wins does sound like a letdown. When you look at a brand in our lifetime, I know you're talking about the defense, and I'm going to shift to the offense for just a second. In our lifetime, has Michigan had this loaded of an offense at the skill positions? Now, the offensive line, they're perennial, going to have a, mm-hmm. a strong offensive line. They're just like Wisconsin, right? It's like these same sort of factories for the O-line. But at the skill positions, running back, maybe, wider receiver, like maybe when's another 07, time in our lifetime? Maybe 07 with Hart and, and, and Breston and Avant and all those guys, Arrington. Like maybe around that era there, there was – and Chad Henney. I don't know. Maybe that, Dave. What do you think? Yeah, I would have to look and see like all of those names you just mentioned. I'm like, yeah, I mean that that's that is pretty loaded. Uh, I I don't know where all those guys were at in 2007 though. Like, were they all like were those our starting receivers like Steve right. Russ and Arrington? Like, I I don't know. Um, but yeah, the, I mean that is. But even naming those names like. I really am higher on this year's squad than than those guys, and I really think that Michigan. Well, hold on, I don't want to stray too far from this. Actually, I'm gonna cut myself off because we're gonna we're gonna get into them in in, in a second. 
Sit, let's stick to the actual record prediction. So you really think 11 wins. It's not like I know you're saying it's going to be a letdown if they get short of that, but your actual prediction, you think they get 11 wins, and if you're going to throw that on the record, where's the one loss coming to? i got to ask you that. It's coming at Ohio State. I got them losing in Columbus right now, 11-1, and one, uh, taking care of Sparty this year and getting it done on the road at Iowa and be- beating Penn State at home too. All right. I, I, I think that in that scenario, I think if Michigan goes 11-0 and 0 and they head into Columbus, I think they get the monkey off their back this year. I think they've completed a 12 and 0 season and they get it done in Columbus. However, my prediction is not that. I have us losing in Columbus as well. I'm going to have us at 10 wins this year. Um, and it pains me to say it. I want, trust me, I want it to be better than that. I don't even like going on the record and saying a loss at Ohio State, but um, I don't have an exact other game that they would lose besides I see us dropping either Iowa at Iowa home against Penn State and I know that just sounds ridiculous because Penn State should not be that good this year but that game just I'm never sold on that Um, and then I really no Michigan State they got I'm looking at the schedule right now they've got State this year I'm not even going to go there I think that Penn State or Iowa game they're they they're gonna drop one of those two and then drop the Ohio State game. Um but you know what? As I'm even as I'm speaking that loud out loud here on the podcast, I gotta convince myself they're gonna lose one of those games. I mean that's how confident Yeah, no, I mean honestly, that's how confident I am in this team. Um it's hard, Brant, as you know, it is hard to win eleven games. Like that is with an easy schedule like on paper this looks easy um and nationally it looks easy it's hard to win 11 games even with a quote-unquote easy schedule you still got to play nebraska Rutgers. like i know it sounds ridiculous but the bottom line is is that these games that look like they're going to be easy every year this this uh maryland game one of these games is going to like hang up this team and they're going to put their feet to the fire you know it's going to happen. We just don't know which one it's going to be yet or what two it's going to be yet. So, Dave, I think you have a little bit of scorn from years past still. You know, like last year wasn't an aberration. Was it real? Was it tangible? Yeah, obviously it was, but is it repeatable? And, and you kind of go back to that. I've only ever seen it once in the last 20 years, so I need to see it again before I'm a full-time buyer. And mm-hmm. believing in Jim Harbaugh and this team, and, and not having the off-season drama and all the things that go into it, so it wasn't a smooth off-season. It still feels like there's some drama, um, but yeah, once I, I just feel like once they start to cruise to three and zero, four and zero, if they can get by Maryland, you know, all the chips are on the table in Iowa. Then you can have these believers out of guys like eh, maybe ten wins, maybe. You know, so that'll really push some of the doubt to the side. So I just want to see it get done. I, I'm with you. To be honest, Brant, I think that what I need to see, and, and these are like weak predictions, right? Like this is the end of August. We're about to start the season, and I got to go on the record and say I think we're going to win 10 games. You're saying 11. 
However, I know myself, and I know once the season gets rolling and I actually see the product that's on the field, if we're talking about a 5-0 and Michigan team that just came off a, a big win at Iowa, yeah, I'm going to be drinking the Kool-Aid. And I'm yeah. going to be talking not just 11 wins. I'm going to be talking going 12-0 and and beating Ohio State. I just know that. Like, I think that we're looking at stuff at face value for how it is right now, and that's probably what we should be doing. But I am not going to sit here and be like, Oh, I only thought they were going to win 10 games. Like, no, that that's not a strong take by me. That's that's my realistic take that I think it is hard, even with a really good football team, to win 11 games. Um, can it be done? Absolutely. Looking at the schedule, should it be done? Yeah, it should this year. Uh, but... You know, if I'm if you're asking me just to to put a number on it today, that's where that's where I'm at, Brant. Um, are there any other games in this schedule for Michigan that you're like at all concerned about, like at Indiana, any weird stuff like that, or are you like Michigan State? Are you like what gives you pause before we move on here? Any of it? I mean, it doesn't have to be any of it, but Maryland. Oh, and there I'm, it is. I'm... I know that you're sick of hearing this, man, but that is a team that's early in the year. I feel like they're coming to that game 3-0, and hot, ready to prove themselves. And, and Michigan, you have to have, and we'll get into it later, Dave, the quarterback situation figured out. You want to hit the ground running in Big Ten play. And I go back to last year when we had that early Big Ten game against Rutgers. We didn't have it all figured out, right? It was a mudded up game. It was ugly. And I'm telling you, if Rutgers has any sort of offense in that game, it's trouble for Michigan. You put up 20 points against the Rutgers defense. So it can happen. And that that offense does scare me. So I think our secondary is better than it was last year. Um, I think we had I had more inexperienced pieces last year on that defense. You know, DJ Turner starting to make the turn last year. Rod Moore was very young. We didn't know about RJ Moten really. Uh, Dax Hill was kind of carrying everybody. So I think the secondary will be better, but I need to have the offense really clicking on all cylinders when we see Maryland. I think by the time you you beat them, if you get by them, state both states, Penn State and Michigan State, don't really fear me. I know we can probably take care of those guys at home, and it's in the middle of the year. Fair enough. Brant, I want to for, foreshadow for a second. We're coming into the end of November and the scenario that you laid out is happening. Michigan's 11-0 and heading into Columbus. What are the main headlines of this football team end of November? What are people saying about this Michigan team if they're sitting at 11-0? and What's been their identity and what's gotten them to this point? Best defense that we can remember. It's got to be. It would have to be the best defense, the best secondary play you've seen, the best front front four that we've had in a while. Linebackers are flying around everywhere, um, making plays. I think it would have to be that um, to get us there. Um, and, I, and I think that people will be talking, the big headline will be, let's see this Michigan defense against this outstanding Ohio State offense. You? Yeah, I I think that the defense – because I don't think the front four is going to be like the strength of, of this team. Now, they're the X factor of this team. Like if this front – if the guys up front on defense can 
wreak some havoc. If they can bring some havoc, like Hutch and Ojabo, like we know they're not going to replicate what those guys did last year. They're just not. I mean, and you lose Dax Hill. You basically lost three first-round picks from this defense. Hard to replace. But I do like the idea of it being a, a star-free, if you will, defense that they're just really solid and really good all the way around. And they're really athletic and they play fast and they play smart and they play disciplined. I think if this can be a top 20 defense in the country heading into Columbus, that's going to be very telling. And the other thing that I think will be very telling as well, because if we're talking about an 11-0 Michigan team, I got to talk about the offensive side of the ball. And this is going to be kind of the perfect segue is I think that we are talking about one of the most special Michigan offenses that we have seen in our lifetime. And it's all going to start with who's under center. You ready to do this? All right. Jim Harbaugh came back, came out on John Jansen's In the Trenches podcast this past Saturday and did something that Brant, he has not done since Jim Harbaugh came to Ann Arbor. In year eight, what did he do? Well, normally, Brant, when... We are waiting every year this time as we're about to go into the first game. We don't ever know who the starting quarterback is going to be. And as a matter of fact, nobody knows until they pan the camera over to Jim as Michigan's coming out of the tunnel and he's aggressively slapping the quarterback on the shoulder, smacking him upside the head, and looks like he's going to go and play quarterback for Michigan, but he's hyping up that guy. Well, that's not what happened this year. I am ecstatic because he goes on John Jansen's podcast on Saturday and says, look, J.J. McCarthy and Cade McNamara have both had a great camp. It's neck and neck. And so week one against Colorado State, Cade McNamara is going to start that football game. And week two against Hawaii, J.J. McCarthy is going to start that game. And week three, we're going to try and name a starter. He left it open-ended. He didn't say that's for sure what's going to happen. But you at least know who's starting week one and week two. What were your thoughts on that first, Brant? Let's start there. Like Jim and that announcement, his plan here, I've seen it praised. I've, I've heard it criticized. Where are you at with that? Love it. Put me in the camp of love it. And Dave, did you see the news today out of Old Miss? No, I did not. Taking the Jim Harbaugh method, they're calling it. That's what Lane Kiffin's doing. Lane Kiffin has now came out and said, that does not sound like a bad idea, Jim. I kind of like that. So kind of interesting on that uh, aspect, too. Maybe it's a trendsetter. I mean, if you have two easier games, why not treat it this way? Jim, you can do whatever you want, right? And, Dave, now we're not talking about rhythms. Now we're not talking about – Pulling him out in the second half. Like, Cade's going to get in there, and he's going to play, Dave. I don't know how you feel about this. He's going to play three and a half quarters. Like, he's going to be in there pretty much the entire time until there's 60 on the board. This like, is one of my questions, actually. So you're you're segueing right into it. Okay. Because this, this is a big question mark for me. So you think he's going to, if they're running the half, table, three and, three and a half, half quarters. quarters. No matter what. And I don't think J.J. or Cade will be upset about that decision at all. The more I look into this, the more I think that they are <laughs> chomping at the bit to get out there and, and put a 60-burger on somebody. 
And oddly enough, this is a great motivational tool. Like, if you wanted to t- someone to take this serious, well, you better bet that all of these guys, they don't care who the quarterback is, I don't think as much, as they're just trying to help everybody. Like, hey, I'm going to do the best for Kate, I'm going to do the best for JJ and let the better man win. You know what I mean? I don't think there's any of that complex going on in the back of their minds. I think these guys both respect these guys, and I think they both are going to give it their all for both of these guys. And I loved it by Jim Harbaugh, and I think it could be kind of a trendsetter, especially in college football where you don't get preseason games, but you line up a couple of cupcakes to see what you got. Well, first of all, I don't love when Lane Kiffin likes anything that we do. Um, <laughs> not necessarily the guy that you want, like, clamoring over what you're doing as a coach. But I think he had nine or ten wins last year. Hey, yeah, he had a good year last no, year. No, he did. He did. I know. I'm just busting his uh, chops because yeah. Lane Kiffin. But I hear you, Brant. I, I'm, I'm, I texted you right when this news came out, and I said, dude, I love this. I love this. Like, Anybody who's listened to this podcast over the last year knows that I have had my doubts with Jim Harbaugh. And even when I believe in Jim Harbaugh, he still annoys me because of his, like, Jim-isms that he does and the things that he says. And he tries to be all cutesy with the weird analogies that he gives. And I'll take it back to the Big Ten media days when we hopped on the podcast and I said... Yeah, you know what? He sounds different. Like, he's just kind of cut to the chase. Like, he sounds like a football coach again. Because it seemed like for a few years, it was just the gimmicky stuff. Followed up with the losses. And the gimmicky stuff, that that well runs dry when you're not winning games. And Jim seems refocused. And for him to come out and actually lay out a clear plan, you know what? Agree or disagree with it, Michigan fans? You gotta like it that your head coach is putting his, he's pushing his chips in. And he's very clear and he's very transparent with how this battle is going to shake out. And we're going to have to live with the decision that this coaching staff is going to make. But the difference is we get to see how this battle that we keep hearing about is actually going to shake out. We get to see how this battle is actually going to shake out. And it's not just going to be some closed session that nobody gets to watch in practice and Cade and JJ are both completing 100% of their passes and they're both the next Tom Brady. Like, no, we get to watch these guys trot out there against two below-average teams. That's just name it for what it is and get to do their thing. What I think is going to be interesting is you also got, in my opinion, the best running back duo in the country or the top two or three in Blake Corman, Donovan Edwards. And handing those guys the ball these first two weeks is going to result in a lot of touchdowns. It's just going to be interesting to me to see how this all shakes out. And when you're up 40 points and you got J.J. out there against Hawaii in the third quarter, you still let him sling it. Kid came off injury this past year. Like, he has a star-studded first half. Like, is it necessary? I don't know. I Brant. I agree with you. Like, I say let him go do that. Drop 60 on somebody. Like, by all means, let him do it. I'm just curious to see how that's actually going to shake out. I'm curious, does this mean week one, you know, this weekend against Colorado State, does this mean we don't see J.J. at all? I mean, I don't think we will. Um, but it's interesting, right? Um, it's it's interesting to think if Michigan is up 35, 40 points in the third, they get J.J. some snaps, or do they just go to, like, a Davis Warren, Alan Bowman? I know you want to see Alex Orgy. I mean, I do too, (laughs) but um, I'm just very curious to see how that 
part of it shakes out because as much as we love a good quarterback battle, we also like when these guys are healthy and they can actually suit up and play. And I don't like playing scared or running from injuries, but when you're up 40, 50 points, is it necessary to have those guys out there? I mean, I don't know. I I think you're going to have to see the tempo of the game. You're going to see how these scoring plays have kind of shaken out. Um, Jim Harbaugh mentioned he wants to see, and this is a Matt Weiss thing, points per drive, right? Like he wants to see that. And, And maybe that is just, simply points per drive running or passing how many times can jj or Cade lead a team down the field and score a touchdown and you've heard jim harbaugh compliment Cade mcnamara several times of his points per drives from last year and you've heard me and you harp on the fact that he threw 15 touchdowns and had six picks but at the end of the day and i don't have the percentage in front of me most of his drives did end up in touchdowns, and Jim Harbaugh holds on to that, and it's probably a good, you know, games move into a more analytical standpoint, probably a pretty good telling uh, telling thing. It's just very curious to to see. So, um, Brant, the other thing that I want to know your thoughts on are, so let's just say, let's say J.J. wins this battle. Do you think Cade finishes out the year at Michigan? Yeah, I do, Dave. I think he finishes it out. I think he's a good, a great teammate. I think he gets through this year. Now, we're talking three years with this year left of eligibility. I don't think he's looking at it like he needs three years. He might need it one more year, maybe the next year, for uh, like to make an NFL draft-type move. Uh, Dave, we talk about all the time about these backups in in the preseason that we watch, and and we know that Cade McNamara, with good decision-making, could probably get a job in the NFL. So I believe that if he can can look at it realistically and think he's got two more years left, I think he can sit or wait this year out, see if J.J. does get hurt, get back in there, and and make a move. But, Dave, what's your thoughts on it? I think that it will be interesting because Cade was voted a captain from his teammates. And I think Cade is a team guy. I think he's a good guy to have in the locker room. He wasn't just voted team captain because he was the returning starting quarterback. Like, we've heard that about Cade. He is a known leader of this team. I think that that would surprise me along with a lot of people, including his teammates, if he were to lose this battle, knowing the number of years of eligibility that he has left, and transfer and leave his team kind of in the dark, like I don't, I don't see that happening. Now the flip side of it, if Cade wins this battle. He, I mean, he's likely not going to the NFL after this year. He does. He's not going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. I just don't think he has the traits to do that. Could be a solid backup. We'll see. But. If he trots out again in year two, what does that mean for for JJ in his second year? Like I I don't think JJ would transfer. Jim doesn't either. He went on the record and said that, but man, that would break my heart. It would. <laughs> yeah, but you've got to look at it uh, from from JJ's perspective. Right now, if he's thinking about the NFL after his junior year, he's got no film. Like, he's got nowhere to go. He would have to play a fourth year in college, I feel like. And, and to me, that's just – that's a heartbreaker for him, which in turn is probably a heartbreaker for us, but that's tough to watch. 
Yeah. A kid with such talent that can't get on the field in the first two years, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, gets I, on the field, but not, he not leads the team. Right. Yeah, I, I, I really am curious because, in my opinion, I think that the way these two games set up, I think it's in favor of J.J. McCarthy. I do. Because, Brant, how – even if Kate plays good this weekend – and J.J. comes out, and I'm assuming J.J. is going to play very well against Hawaii in a night game in the big house with their, right now, their biggest recruiting night of the year. Five-star quarterback Jaden Davis, whom we've talked about, will be there amongst several others. All lights and all eyes are on J.J. McCarthy. I think that he's going to play very well. And Brant, and I think Kate's going to play really good this weekend too. I think Michigan fans will watch after this weekend and be like, "Man, it might be Cade." Like, I think he's going to impress, and I hope he does. I do. I want what's best best for this team. But I think that if he has a great weekend this weekend, JJ McCarthy plays great against Hawaii. How do you go back from that? How do you then? Because that's when it gets sticky. JJ does nothing to lose this job. Let's just call it a toss-up. They both look great. I go. I, I would go with the younger guy with more upside. Um, and I know I've said that bef- like several times before, and I know you have too. But if it's really a toss-up, you have to go JJ. You do. And I know the other flip side of that argument is if it's a toss-up, you go with the guy who won you the Big Ten Championship and beat Ohio State last year and got you the college football playoff. I know that's the flip side of the argument, but my personal feeling, as we are all entitled to our own personal opinions, is that if it truly is a toss-up, you go with the guy with the most upside, and to me that is just easily J.J. McCarthy. Brant, how do you feel like this battle sets up? Like, do you agree that it sets up in J.J.'s favor more? Because I think if he would have started against Colorado State and Cade would start against Hawaii, I feel like I would be saying... That's in favor of Kate. How are you going to bench him after he probably is going to have a strong outing against Hawaii? What do you think? Yeah, Dave, I think it is uh, in J.J.'s favor. Um, Just have the momentum with him. Everyone's going to be in love with the shiny new toy if he goes out and has a great game. That's why I think it's important when you say – it kind of sounds like if – like in in baseball the terminology is tie goes to the runner. Like – Ty goes to the guy that was last out there, I feel like, because it's freshest in our minds. And it's, Dave, you call me crazy, but did you watch Hawaii get beat 63-10 to 10 by Vanderbilt? Oh, like Vanderbilt you, spanked them, yeah. You know that's like a high school football team, right? Like that is completely set up for J.J. to have his work done by mid-third quarter and maybe four or five tutties on the board. So oh. that's, it's like if, if – let's say – Cade beats Colorado State 42-17. Like, does that does that have a good feeling? And, and maybe we rush for three touchdowns? How's that look, Dave? Like, I just feel right. like that has higher potential of happening than J.J. being in a tough game against Hawaii. Like, in a ball how, game in the third quarter. How many throws do you need to see, passing attempts do you need to see from each of these guys? I said, I think I said 20 earlier. I'll go 25. I want to see 25. I think that's the gold number. And even 25 to 30, that's what I want to see. Brent, last, last question here. I, I agree with you, by the way. Um, last question. 
knowing the studs that this offense has this year and the potential to be truly special, the longstanding passing touchdowns record at Michigan is 27. Which <laughs> Can is, you play the laughing? I know, it's, it's laughable. <laughs> no, it, it is. It's embarrassing. It's laughable. I mean, I think Peyton Thorne had like 28 or 29 last year, right? Like, I think Joe Burrow had like 50 or 60. Like, that is, I mean, that just tells you what Michigan likes to do. They like to run the football for good or for bad. That has been the identity of this team our entire lifetime and before we were born. I think it's going to be interesting just seeing what this offense has this year, whether it's Cade or whether it's JJ. I don't know. Do you think 27 touchdowns gets broken this year, whether it's one or the other? Or maybe your answer changes, whether it's Cade or JJ. Do you think that record gets broken? If it's JJ, yes. If it's Cade, no. I'm I'm going to go no either way, actually, just because okay. I think that we, we along with myself, has, I've been fixated on this quarterback battle and the wide receivers that they're bringing, but Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards are special, and I they are going to run all over college football this year. They just are. I'm telling you. It's going to be going to be special to see. Now, I hope Cade or J.J. throw more than 27 touchdowns. I don't see it happening, not because they're not good enough, both of them, not because they're not good enough, but because opportunity must present itself in order to to do that. So, all right, man. Um, anything else on JJ K? Oh, I almost forgot something. Brant, aren't you going somewhere this weekend? Yeah, I'll be at the stadium, man. I'll be checking out, seeing what Cade's got. Um, we'll, we'll see if any of my predictions come true. Um, so yeah, I'll be there. I, I placed. Are you, an, are you handing out garage takes T-shirts or what are we doing? <laughs> I am not. Um, I, I know we're not to the best bet section yet, but I did place a little wager today. I have Ronnie Bell over point five touchdowns. Oh, I love that. Plus one twenty. Oh, I love that. Okay. Plus money. Okay. Like yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. You got to get Ronnie. Invo- you got to he, get. Him. He'll probably score the first touchdown. Let's oh, go. Yeah. Yep, I love that. All right, sweet man. Have a good time. Yeah, I'm excited for you to give us a report back next week of how this uh, this environment was. I am so pumped for a tailgate, man. I am ready to. Oh tailgate. yeah, oh yeah, and it's gonna be it should be beautiful out there. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Sir. I know you will be enjoying yourself. All right, Brant. Let's go into your betting segment, and I know you had some questions you wanted to ask me. We'll make it fairly quick. We are pushing 40 minutes right now. Okay, Dave. Let's start with um, let's start with the Utah Florida game, man. I know you're kind of pumped for this one. I know it's a seven o'clock start. It kind of intercedes with Notre Dame Ohio State, but I think you have some interest in this game, right? I really am high on Utah. Uh, I man, the fact that they've got to travel to Gainesville to open the year is not easy. I will take Utah though. I, okay, I think Utah two Florida- and a half. I didn't give that to you. Utah two and a half. Oh, is that what they're getting? Yeah, two and a half. No, they're okay. They're they're trying to cover two they're, and a half. Yeah, I I'd have them covering two and a half. Okay. Um, yeah, I do. I think uh, Florida's got yet another new head coach. I, I I'll take Utah. They've got a lot of returning players, and I think they're a really good football team. Dark horse college football playoff team. Go okay. Uh, all right. Let's do Georgia Oregon. 
Georgia. Well, hold on, man. Give me your pick oh, on that yeah. one. Yeah, I guess I'll. I, I actually like Florida in this one. I think it's. Yeah, t- I yeah, get that. I, I, it's a tough place to play, um, and you're going to give me the one-two point cushion. I kind of like that too. So I would take the two and a half with Florida. Maybe not for them to win, but definitely with the two and a half points, I like. At home. All right, uh, Anthony Richardson. Right, it's going to be yes, yeah, sophomore be, quarterback. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right, so let's go into Georgia, Oregon. I got Georgia trying to cover sixteen and a half in Atlanta. Hmm. Yeah, I think Georgia will cover that. Ooh. And I know I, that's a lot of points too, especially when <laughs> a lot Stetson of question marks back too. there. Yeah, they got like who's that tight end Brock Bowers? It's yeah, like, just a monster. Dude, they've got some dudes. I I think that uh that defense will still be good. It's interesting because they their defensive coordinator is now the head coach at Oregon. Mm-hmm. So that's a very interesting storyline as well. Um maybe for that reason alone he can keep it close enough, but I'm gonna take the dogs covering sixteen and a half. What about you, Brent? Dave, I'm going to take the dogs, too, and I think it goes back to what Dan Lanning said. I, I just can't get that quote out of my mind. We are nowhere close ready, and he said that about a month ago. So I will take, yeah. uh, I will take Georgia to cover the 16-and-a-half. I mean, they might not cover it till late because that seems like a Georgia MO, but they'll yep. get there. Um, I agree. I agree. All right, man. Game of the weekend, people are calling it. I, th- well, I mean, it's top five matchup. How can you not call it that? Uh, Ohio State, Notre Dame. The line is fat, but don't forget Notre Dame is ranked fifth in the nation. So seventeen and a half, Dave. The Buckeyes are spotting the the Irish. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I don't like this game to bet on. Um, I really don't. But if I have to, if I have to pick. I will take Notre Dame with the plus seventeen and a half. I I know Marcus Freeman's got is getting his feet wet in a. I mean that is a, that's a tough place to play with a loaded offense. But Notre Dame early in the year, there's too many unknowns. Just in with it being week one, I think that they can keep it close enough, knowing that this is going to be the prime time game, and they know very well that the entire country is going to have the eyes on on, on this game. We're all tuned in for yeah. that reason alone. I don't see Ohio State blowing completely the top off of this, which is contradictory to think what I said on a previous podcast. I think Notre Dame probably keeps it within a couple touchdowns. What about you? Yeah, I've got the same thing. I've got them losing by maybe 10, 14. So I will take yeah. the Irish as well. All right, Dave. Quickly now, people will crucify us if we don't get Michigan State and Michigan picks. So, uh, Michigan State, do they cover 23.5 against Western Friday night? Yes. Agreed. And yep. Michigan, 30.5. That is a fat number. That that one's been rising, too. That what started at 27.5 yeah. from what I saw. Um, yeah, I think they cover that, too. Okay, I'm going to say Colorado State keeps it close enough within – 27-24, I will take the Rams to cover the 30-and-a-half. Um, okay, Dave, right. before we get out of here, can I get your playoff team, your prediction? Let's get your final four up here, Dave. Mm, uh, you want me to go or you want to go? No, I'll okay. go. I'm just looking at some, some teams <laughs> right now. Um, 
I'm going to go on the record here on August 31st as we yeah. are recording this podcast. Keep the receipt. And I, I know you're going to keep it. I'm going to I'm going to start easy. Alabama. Powered by Riverside. I think Georgia gets back there. So I think there's two teams from the SEC. I think the third team. Ugh. I think the, the third team is Utah. And I think the fourth team is Nebraska. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Scott Frost lost. <laughs> Had to say that. Fourth wow. team is going to be Gimme Michigan. Okay. Did I give me Michigan? I I know we just both predicted them to lose to Ohio State, but <laughs> give me give me Michigan because I no recap your four Alabama Georgia Alabama Georgia Utah Michigan. Okay, I'm going to differ with you slightly. I will say Alabama Clemson Michigan Ohio State. Whoa, Michigan and Ohio State. Now that would be interesting. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, okay. Yep. There you go. All right, hey, Garage Takes, we appreciate you guys. If you have not done so already, give us a like, follow, subscribe, five-star rating. It's cheap, and by cheap, I mean it's free to do so. Be a decent human being. We appreciate your support for listening, making it all the way through. Football is back, baby. Let's enjoy this weekend. Brant, I know we'll be texting, talking about all these games. I hope you have a good time in Ann Arbor. Go Blue. Cade McNamara, QB2. We're out of here.